Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. A few weeks ago, Ben Sand was at his home in Sydney, Australia, when he got a bad feeling. Now, Sand is the CEO of Strong Compute, a medical imaging startup, and his company kept all of its money at Silicon Valley Bank in San Francisco. The decades-old multi-billion dollar bank had always been great to work with, but then a few things started happening, and Sand said, suddenly everything sort of stopped working. International wires were not available, and exactly how to move money was no longer clear. Sand called together his financial team, and they decided to take action. As in, they got on a plane that very night and flew from Sydney to San Francisco, a 19-hour trip, and immediately jumped into a car and drove straight to Silicon Valley's bank headquarters in Santa Clara, California. Sand told the reporter, and then we went and waited outside the bank at two in the morning. Other people started showing up with them. A big line formed of worried looking customers anxious to pull their money out. Now, San says he does not panic easily, but almost all of his company's money was in that bank, including his operating budget and all of its payroll. San recounted that the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, came out that night as the people were standing in line and gave them donuts. And I said, should I read anything into the shape of this donut and what's happening with our money? That feeling in the pit of your stomach that something is wrong, that moves you to book a flight to another country or to stand in line all night outside of a bank, what we might call a gut feeling or a spidey sense or blind panic, economists call animal spirits. Animal spirits are emotions that cause people to sort of suddenly shift from one pattern of behavior to another pattern of behavior, according to Ben Ho, an economist at Vassar. Ho says that animal spirits are the emotions that override rational thought and cause people to behave in unpredictable, often extreme ways. Host says animal spirits are released when trust is broken. In the case of Silicon Valley Bank, the trust that underpins our banking system. In fact, the trust that undermines our entire Western economy. Sand's fear was that the money that he had saved up at Silicon Valley Bank, that he needed to operate this young medical startup company, wasn't safe anymore. His future, personally, the future of his employees, the future of this company that he had invested so much of himself into, was an unknown and in jeopardy. And in that moment, Sand's animal spirit kicked in 
to do what he thought needed to be done to preserve his future. You might even say to preserve his inheritance. In the movie Men in Black, Will Smith's character, a New York City cop who has suddenly discovered that there are aliens amongst us on the world, speaks to the character of Tommy Lee Jones of why the existence of aliens on Earth has been kept a secret from almost everybody. Why the big secret, he asks. People are smart. They can take it. Jones' character replies and says, a person is smart, but people are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals. And you know it. That is one of the themes of John's gospel that you may have never picked up on before. That a person is smart and rational. Mobs are driven by animal spirits. The Samaritan woman at the well seemed very reasonable. She sat there and spoke with this Jewish man about who the Messiah was, where salvation was going to come from, how God expected people to worship him. And finally, was so convinced by the calm, reasonable words of Jesus that she went back to her village and told them all that she thought she had found the Messiah. Nicodemus, who came to visit Jesus at night, seemed very reasonable as a person, even as Jesus laid on him all these incredible ideas that one must be born again to see the kingdom of God, that one must be born again by water and the spirit, or they will never enter the kingdom of God, and that these were the foundational teachings of Israel that even Nicodemus should already know. Even Pilate seemed reasonable. Once he was alone with Jesus in the Praetorium, we heard the reading of John's gospel on Good Friday as even Pilate and Jesus have this dialogue of what kind of a king he might be, why he's come into the world, and what is truth. But the mobs in the gospel are not. The mobs are wholly unreasonable people. In John chapter 6, after the mob is fed by Jesus with five loaves and two fish, they turn into a mob that wants to make Jesus a king. And then when Jesus won't be the kind of king they want, they turn into a mob that wants nothing to do with him. In John chapter 8, the mob listening to Jesus thinks that he should be stoned. And all of you played the role of the mob on Passion Sunday, didn't you? as you all went from saying, Hosanna to the son of David, to crucify him, crucify him. If we, as humans, feel our future is threatened, that our inheritance might be lost, our animal spirits kick in, and we humans as a mob, as a crowd, even as individuals, can do terrible, horrible, risky, unreasonable things. Hitler convinced the German people that their future was threatened. And look at the kinds of things they were able to do to fellow human beings in concentration camps because their animal spirits kicked in. Putin has managed to convince any number of people in Russia that the future of Russia as a country and empire, as a place on the world stage, is threatened. And look what he has managed to convince people to do 
in Ukraine. There's a growing tendency, not just in the West in general, but even in Canada for people with white skin to think that somehow their future is threatened. The kinds of things people are willing to do when their future is threatened can lead to anything as innocuous as setting up a sauna and a hot tub on a main street in a nation's capital to attacking capital buildings and the people in them themselves. Even Christians, even Christians who should know better when they feel that their future is at stake, can fall prey to animal spirits. What would you do to protect your future? What would you do to defend your inheritance? Would you become more animal than human? Would you be more tempted to follow an animal spirit than the Holy Spirit? It is to people like us that Peter is preaching this morning across the millennia. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In our view of Easter, in our hearing these accounts one more time of the resurrection of a crucified Lord from the tomb, we are given in a little peek into the vault where our future is kept, where our life is preserved safe and sound with Christ, awaiting the last great day of resurrection. Your inheritance, your futures are safe and secured in Christ by God the Father himself. No moth can touch it. No rust can destroy it. No thief can steal it. No fire can burn it down. No storm can sweep it away off its foundations. We as Christians are different from the world because we can fight back against our animal spirits by the Holy Spirit that has come to dwell in us and in our hearts. We are no longer a mob. We are human beings made in the image of God, remade in that image by the spirit of the one who breathed his spirit into the world after his resurrection from the dead, even Jesus Christ, redeemed by his blood on the cross, whose lives are now kept, in Peter's words, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, in a vault that will be opened on the last day so that what is really yours, what really matters, and what really counts will be revealed to have always been there, safe and sound held in trust for you by God. In Frank Herbert's novel, Dune, or now I can say, Dune Part 1, the movie, which came out just a little while ago, the main character of the book, Paul Atreides, undergoes a test right near the very beginning of the plot. 
where he is forced to put his hand inside a pain-making device and keep it in there while a cyanide needle is held at his neck. Should he remove his hand, he will die. And it's called a test for humanity to see if Paul is more human than animal. And the woman who administers this test at the very end of it says to Paul, you've heard of animals chewing off a leg to escape a trap? That's an animal kind of trick. A human would remain in the trap, endure the pain, feigning death that he might kill the trapper and remove a threat to his kind. Paul says, for a little while, we are suffering trials in this life. The same kinds of trials that those who are driven by animal spirits suffer out in the world. But while they are trying to gnaw their legs off to get free from the trap, to save themselves, to save their future and their inheritance, we suffer patiently as humans knowing that we are removing the far greater threat to our kind, Satan himself, the fear of death, sin that gnaws at our hearts and our souls and causes us to do the very things that mobs do, that a reasonable person would never think to commit. My dear Christian brothers and sisters, the world right now needs humans made in the image of God. We need people driven by the Holy Spirit and not animal spirits, who do not fight against flesh and blood as animals do, who attack each other, who worry only about their own lives in this world, panicked at every single trial they face, gnawing to try and get out of it to some kind of temporary happiness, worried only about their own survival, and not the joy that is set before us in the crucified and risen Christ. The world needs humans now who can teach others where to find hope and joy, to be in the trap with them, to point them towards the cross and the empty tomb. The forgiveness that comes from knowing that if God has taken away your guilt, then who can lay it back on your shoulders? If God has given you the knowledge of eternal life and resurrection, what do you have to fear from the world? In the midst of what seems like hopeless trials, violence, gangs, disease, war, plagues, abuse, physical, spiritual, emotional, sexual, and natural disasters at every turn, we alone, can tell the world that there is a place where their inheritance, unlike a bank, is kept safe to be revealed in the last time. When the animal spirits of others kick in in panic, we can remain calm and face the future as humans and point others to where true joy and hope may be found. We can do this as children of God baptized into Christ, and do it with inexpressible joy as we await the salvation of our souls. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.